Today on Astro Zero Twitter Spaces, we have a very special NFT project that brings a ton of positivity, flashy artwork, and a great message to the Polygon network and community. Uh, my friends, Spooky Fresh. So welcome to the show, guys. I appreciate you taking time out of your day, talking with our community, and letting us know a little bit about your project. It's a very interesting one, and I'm glad to have you here with us. Well, thank you for having us. Um, you know, we've seen you in the halls, uh, the Twitter space halls, and um, just always um, exciting to be able to speak and be on this platform with you. Uh, Rich and I and, and the team and Luke, you know, we know that this is about community and just being able to share our story with the community is exciting. So thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thanks again. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your vision uh, as far as this project goes? and there's, you have kind of a unique element to it that uh, I want to tap into, but just just give me the overall view of the project and where you're trying to go and what your vision is before we tap into it a little bit more in depth. What is Spooky Fresh? So I'm gonna let Rich go. Um, I we have a kind of a, a vibe where he kind of goes and I go and he goes and I go. So Rich, uh, why don't you share and and tell him about the vision of our project and go from there. Uh, sure. Thanks, Marcy. Um, so yeah, we're, we're Spooky Fresh. Um, we have created um, a generative series of spirit guides of the metaverse. Um, you know, when we started this project, you know, kind of looking at the space, we really wanted to create an ecosystem that allowed, you know, NFTs to help, um, you know, one, sustain positive social impact. Uh, and two, was like an, an open community that allowed other artists to be able to contribute to, to generative art drops. Um, so we designed Spooky Fresh to do just that. Um, the NFTs themselves, they have, you know, the portion of their secondary cells um, go to the Fresh DAO. Then being a token owner, uh, you can vote on uh, different kind of in impact strategies that, that we will kind of roll out. Um, in addition to that, we have to, you know, add kind of a gamification element to the NFTs themselves. We built these. Uh, as ERC-1155 tokens, meaning that they're composable. Um, so they're really kind of multiple NFTs all within one NFT. Um, and so in the future, we'll be rolling out uh, like a composability dApp. So you can um, kind of customize and collect the pairs um, and edit your NFT. So you're not just, you collect an NFT, it doesn't look the same um, all the time over, you know, doesn't always look the same. It'll evolve over time. And those layers themselves um, will kind of evolve to, and the, the traits themselves will kind of evolve as different kind of impact strategies um, are reached. So that's kind of like a broad overview. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Corsi? No, I think you you got it. Um, I think just as you said, it's this idea of like, what's the meaning behind you know Spooky Fresh, right? Um, we built a lot of utility, but the meaning really behind it was this idea that we wanted to create a co-creation platform and have a social Im impact, and we wanted to make it fun. And to make it fun, we thought about making it this evolutionary, you know, composability, gamification piece to it. So really excited about what we, we set out for. With the composability, so uh, that's, that's what I'm trying to understand a little bit better. Is that almost like... Um, People that sell like wearables in the metaverse where you could buy, uh, let's say I want to purchase an NFT hat 
for my spooky, I would be able to purchase like a cowboy hat to put on it as well? Or is, am I kind of like kind of missing the point here with how, how that works? <clears throat> yeah, I know exactly. You'd be able to collect different layers um, through, you know, participating in the Discord by um, collecting limited edition drops, um, you know, kind of you know, interacting with um, with the brand and the community to collect those different layers and also to, you know, purchasing other NFTs. So, yeah. Exactly. Sorry, my dog is going crazy right now. She's trying to get down. She's trying to attack uh, the dog. Shush. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sounds like sounds like she's excited. She, she, yeah. Calm down, please, please, please be a good girl. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. She usually doesn't freak out during these AMAs. She's usually very well behaved. Stop it! Stop it! I gave my dog a bone. I cheated. <laughs> Yeah, she, she heard something outside and then I put the window up and there was another dog out there and she just kind of flipped oh. out. So I relax, relax. All right. So um now the the social impact that you guys are, are trying to make with this particular project, um, did you feel that NFTs were an easier route to go as opposed to other avenues that you could go to make social impacts um in the world? Yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily easier, but, um, you know, just the idea of being able to ha create an asset that that generated revenue for social impact in perpetuity, we felt was an incredibly, you know, promising value, incredibly promising utility in, a, in an NFT that we were excited to just, um, you know, kind of introduce into, you know, the broader community. Um, so, you know, we've also done a few other things on the same element, uh, on that same note of, you know, how can we uh, create more social impact? And um, early at the beginning of the early, like in December of last year, we solidified a relationship with a local nonprofit. Um, so we'll be able to this year roll out kind of tax deductible NFTs, which is, I think, going to be an exciting thing as well. So. Um, I don't know necessarily it's easier, but I, I think that that the value that it creates is, um, you know, can't be ignored. How big is the team that you have working on this project? So it's about about seven to eleven of us. But I want to add to the the mm -hmm. the question, the last question that you asked. Okay. So I, I I started my career as art gallery owner. And I pivoted into big tech. And I thought that one of the reasons when I went to business school was I wanted to figure a way to, to leverage technology and really my business acumen to help the art community. And I thought literally when I graduated business school that I was going to go back and work for the Smithsonian and, and you know, find ways to sustainably fundraise. And you know, nonprofits every year, they have to raise their budget for the year. Sometimes they're endowed and they have these big endowments, but the majority, um, I would say 80% of nonprofits have to fundraise every year to have a budget to, to run their organization. And so when you think about the power of what smart contracts offer is, you know, revenue and royalties in perpetuity, um, that's a powerful, powerful, powerful technology. And so it, for us, when we were building this product, we said, how can we do something very different that's not being done? And what we did was we wanted to center our audiences. And the, one of our audiences were artists 
And the second was the social community, like the nonprofit community, um, and saying, you know, what problems do they have? And part of their problem is to having sustainable revenue um, coming in. And so for us, we did see it as a, a great opportunity to make it easier. But love to, you know, just want to throw that in there. I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing about having royalties built into these, right? If if you do a fundraiser, and let's say your fundraiser is, I'm raising money to do a meet and greet with a particular artist. They're going to sign autographs. People spend a thousand dollars, and they have a dinner with uh, just throw someone out there, Puff Daddy. All right. Well, well you only have that one day that that's going to happen. At least with NFTs, you have continuous royalties. So your your Genesis collection continues to raise revenue for your nonprofits or whatever you decide to do the fundraisers for forever, pretty much. As long as they keep selling, you're still raising money regardless. And the more that you pump out, the more money that you could raise for it. So it is a smart idea. I think it's really intelligent, um, you know, as far as how you're, you know, you, you plan to continually raise revenue for what you're doing. So I think it's smart. And, and also with NFTs, you have a broader uh, group of people that you could reach out to. Like if you're doing, like I said, just an example, a fundraiser, you're having Puff Daddy. It might only be in New York, so people aren't going to come 600 miles to go to this fundraiser, most likely, unless they're like a super fan. With NFTs, you could, wherever your home base is, you could reach out to people in Cambodia or people in like Vietnam, and those people could help you along with your endeavor. So I think it's just great. I, I think it's a very smart like business structure that you guys are doing as far as what you're going for. Now, with with, with the team that you guys have, um, do you have a separate person doing the web design? Is it one of you two that are doing the web design? Who, who's who's done the website? Because you guys have one of the most well-structured websites that I've seen for any NFT project. <laughs> that's that's awesome to hear. Um, but no, that's all in-house. Our, our founders, Luke, he's our, our chief UI, UX. He's really awesome at it. Um, I do most a lot of the graphic design, but all the UI, UX is all all Luke and us kind of working together. We all have, uh, we all come from design backgrounds. Larissa and I both, um, you know, we both met in grad schools, we both have a dual masters in design leadership. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that the whole thing was the whole website, the, the user flow was, um, was easy to use. And, and, and on top of that, the project in and of itself is, it's not, you know, it's a little bit more complicated than some of the others. So we wanted, we, we've, We've put a ton of time in iterating uh, the website in order to clearly communicate our values and, um, you know, have like a single source of truth there that, you know, defined and explained exactly what we are and where we're going. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to really like poo-poo on um, NFT creators, but a lot of people put so much time and effort into their project and then you go on their website and it looks like something that was made on geosities or angel fire back in like 2002. And it just never makes any sense to me why you can't make your website just as elaborate as your artwork. I think it really shows more professional, um, you know, professionalism as far as your project goes and how serious you are about it. Um, we want anyone that's not good at making websites and has an NFT project, you could send a hate mail to Dave underscore Elon one at Twitter here. But I, I really think people should put a little bit more time and effort into their website um, as well, because it is an important part, especially if you have like dApps and stuff on your website where you can get through it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for, for saying that, um, you know, we spend a lot of time in the design 
but we also wanted the web app to work as well. And, you know, I've been trying to sing praises to Luke and tell Luke, like, listen, we can have conversations around UI, UX, and the value that a well-designed site brings to a project is something that is not highlighted. You you feel the pain when it doesn't work and you don't see that, find the information, right? And the fact that that's one area that we could say confidently that we put a lot of effort into to make it seamless um, and informative and useful um, is something that we're very proud of. I wish Luke was here. Um, I hope folks that are like Hip Reap, if you could tag him in the chat and tell him to come in because he definitely des- deserves a, a round of applause for his work. And of, of course, all the team does, but um, the website is something we're definitely proud of. Shout out to my boy, Luke. So, all right, let's 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 start talking about the collection here, guys. Um, now, when I was looking through things, there's a lot of variations, but how large is the entire collection? Um, so currently what is released is just our Genesis series. So there's 369 NFTs um, that consists of three different spirit forces. Um, So we have within our genome, we have uh, 18 different spirit forces, and those correspond to the different UN sustainability goals, because again, social impact. And in addition to to those, we added um, the 18th one, which is uh, the creative commons. Um, So with our Genesis series, we have three spirit forces that were released, time, gravity, and light. Uh, and so what you see if you guys go through open seas is um, 133-ish. Um, I, I just did the math wrong in my head, 123-ish uh, of each spirit force. All right. So now the three spirit forces that you have, you have it, it's uh, gravity, light, and time. Is there any difference um, as far as like rarity between these or uh, do you pick up different traits through each one or is there a set amount of traits? Uh, So yeah, each of the spirit forces themselves were, uh, gravity was designed, they have different artists um, and each of them have their own unique traits that are geared toward that theme. So the gravity, you'll look at, they have a bunch of cool little traits of like, falling stars or like a moons and a lot of things that kind of speak to gravity. Same with light, um, all of them different rarity. Uh, so these were generatively created um, to have the traits on a, on a bell curve. So we have some super really cool traits. Like my favorite one of all the traits is a gravity trait. It's um, it's called birds aren't real. Uh, and it's uh, like this little ro- robot pigeon. Um, Cause our, our lore is based around, Nikola Tesla, uh, and you know, true story. Like Nikola Tesla was big into kind of the occult, and he would you know hold these seances to kind of uh, you know summon our ancestors to aid in the transformation of humankind. And um, so we kind of we've, we've used that as our backstory and kind of pulled Nikola Tesla and his like Liz Love pigeons um as a as a key trait and also all of our spirit forces so there's a pigeon in every spirit force um and but yeah so lots of different rarities and they're all pretty fun yeah just looking through them some of them are really interesting um uh what made you guys decide to do such a, a small genesis collection and make it so like intimate and uh 
such a small amount of pieces as opposed to something that would be, you know, people drop 2,000, 5,000 piece initial collections. Is it the amount of time that would take because of the detail and everything put into it? Or is it just that you wanted to do something kind of, um, kind of a small intimate setting at first when you're introducing the project? Yeah, so one of the things was we were kind of time-driven to wanting to launch on Halloween. And so that was kind of one of our driving forces. And another element I'm going to say now, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about the backstory is, you know, for us, when we started this project, we knew that we were going to have a five to 10 year roadmap in terms of how we kind of built and uh, built out the project. And when we were getting ready to launch, we had originally wanted to launch with 3,333. And there's a lore around the numbers. And because we wanted to use Halloween as our drop date and we hadn't really built our community and building our community was something that was really important to us. And we said, listen, and we've been bootstrapping our entire project. We have no VC funding, um, no big time investors. We've done this all ourselves by contributing funding into this project. You know, we said, let's build it with the, with the community in mind and let them be a part of the decision making of how we build out this project. And so between being driven by the timeline and saying that we wanted the community to be a part of this project from the beginning, we said, let's start with a smaller number. And so we did that. And it's been a bit of an interesting ride. Um, the collectors that we have, about 97 unique owners, um, I was just looking at some of the numbers. You know, they really, really love our project. You know, they love the art. They, they get what we're trying to do and they've been, they're committed to it. So it's just been really exciting around the value that we we've built by having a smaller collection. Um, Rich, I don't know if you want to add anything there. No, I think you, you nailed it. We definitely, we, we, you know, with the, the genome itself, there's uh, quite a lot of NFTs over the course of the entire project. Um, right. I think if my memory serves me correctly, it's roughly 20,000 NFTs that will be generated across the 18 different species. Um, so there's a long road ahead. Um, but we we wanted to you know test our market fit, gain you know gain a little bit of momentum, build some community, and do this really organically rather than just kind of dump a bunch of NFTs on the market and hope they sell. Um, so we we took like a safer approach to our launch. What's been your most successful uh, tool in order to grow your community? Um, these Twitter Spaces, uh, honestly, I think that's probably been our our strongest kind of growth we've tried lots and lots of different marketing things from like paid marketing and all the different nft calendars and promotion on instagram reddit uh you name it we've 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 done like a test batch just to kind of test conversion rates but as far as like organic growth um and, and floresy can definitely tap in here since this is her ex more of her expertise but um it's really just been coming on shows like this, different AMAs, letting people share people um, our, our voice and let them know like, our vision for the project. And, you know, just coming on Twitter really, I think has been the, the most useful tool. My favorite tool is Discord. Um, I love my community and I feel like, you know, one, once you meet them, I, I want to continue talking to them. Right. And so I love having them in our channels and finding out what they're interested in, what they think about our project. It's a way to one, not only um, learn how you can be a better project owner, but it also for us, you know, 
it's encouraging. You know, someone just posted in our chat uh, yesterday, actually, that we were the first project that they brought into and then they actually flipped and that they're so committed with us to, to the end. And for us, that is important to hear the value because we kind of set out to create value, but you don't know if you're having an impact in the community or in the NFT industry, if you don't hear from your, your customers or your NFT holders. And so to be able to have those powerful conversations and get those reviews and that feedback from them in real time, is just priceless. So we're here, we're talking to Spooky Fresh, really fantastic NFT project. Um, a lot going on, uh, just starting to uh, scratch the surface here uh, before we get into a little bit more in-depth questions um, really nice again to learn these guys uh, if you if you guys are in a room and you haven't followed them yet please follow them on twitter join their discord channel check out their website uh, you can find it through the link tree on the spooky fresh twitter here um, yes sleepy pirate do you have a question for the for the crew can i pin my tweet <laughs> i'm joking uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Spooky. Uh, I learned tons of things from her and yeah, make sure to be here and listen to her words. And she just sent me a, you know, a document for how to improve my Discord and onboard people to my Discord. And yeah, that's, that's amazing. I totally forgot about it and she just did. And I want to give a shout out to Elon one here because he doesn't have a co-host. Uh, he's so brave. <laughs> you might get drugged, my man. And thank you for having me. Uh, I'm, I will be listening to you. Sometimes you just got to be confident and you go without the co-host, my friend. Uh, I'm ready to sell some rough waters. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Can I quickly respond to Sleepy? Is that okay? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say, like, I want to acknowledge Sleepy and say thank you, um, and you're welcome. Um, but I also want to say that, you know, the thing that he's talking about um, a couple weeks ago or maybe about a month ago, you know, Dave, who's actually sitting to my uh, left, um, you know, he invited me to be a part of the, you know, the Polygon community show on the weekends, and I committed to coming on Sunday and every Sunday we pick a topic that's in the, in the NFT space and we dissect it. And so we've had conversations on how to spot a good project, um, how to build your discord, marketing 101. We're going to be talking about tokenomics. And the why for me, why am I doing this and spending so much time helping the community when I could just be focused on my project is I believe one, when we help each other, Right, we bring more attention to the Polygon community with better quality projects, um, and we can learn from each other. But two, we rise the tide for us all, and so I am committed to giving back because I, you know, in true transparency, Rich taught me everything I know about NFTs. You know, we sat uh, for six months every day for an hour just talking about the ecosystem. And so this is my way of kind of giving back to what was given to me. And so Sleepy, the community, and Dave, just thank you for all that you guys have done, one, coming and participating, but two, creating the platform for us to be able to learn together and grow. When we say it's early, we really mean it. It really is early. And five years, 10 years from now, we're going to be all rock stars and millionaires and like, yo, you remember it back when, you know? And so just wanted to kind of throw that out there and invite people to be part of uh, attending the show. But yeah, so I just wanted to call that out. 
it is it is true like by helping each other out here where you know you're inherently helping yourself without even realizing it because i tell you i met some really great people like just in these polygon spaces talking to people and everybody's willing to help each other everybody got each other's backs and nobody's really like nobody really when how do i say this right nobody really like acts selfish you know like everybody wants everybody else to win before themselves it almost seems which is you don't really see that anywhere else like I, i've been in other spaces and it's kind of like a free-for-all every man for himself when it's not not at all like that with polygon and i don't know it's just crazy like the the community that we have and how strong it is and how we all you know try to pull each other up when somebody's down you know especially like the other day with the whole open sea thing, you know, like a lot of people were really upset. And what did the leaders in the community do? They ran spaces around the clock to make sure everybody felt better. So, you know, you're not going to get that anywhere else. So I'm glad to be a part of this community. Um, I feel proud that I'm a part of this community and I, I'm really um, excited to be a part of it with the rest of you guys. Um, so I don't know if Dave has anything to say about that because Dave is uh, probably the most selfless person I've met in the entire NFT space. Thank you, Dave. Um, just that I, I, my drive individually in all of this, for anyone that's not aware, is to give everyone the chance to prosper. Too many times I've had that taken away from me. Um, and, and Beluga, David and Juan, Spooky, Sleepy, so many other people throughout this community, some that are in here, some that aren't, um, have got exactly the same drive. Um, that's all I want to say on it. Thank you. All right, so going going back to the project because I don't want to get all like huffy puffy and and crying with you guys. We're here to talk about business right now, people. So, um, you guys are planning on getting your your project put into the metaverse. Um, how are you how are you gonna go about doing this exactly? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we've been we're actually currently right now working on our are finalizing our plans for i guess season two for the release of our our next batch of nfts um and you know they are spirit guides of the metaverse and there are a lot of different directions that we can go with it but um we don't have that answer yet uh i wish we did but um you know there are different things that we have looked at i guess we can discuss some of those i mean um there, you know, one of the things I've seen a lot of several other projects do is kind of look at kind of fractionalized ownership of, of NFTs themselves and and uh, building communities around collecting, you know, fractional ownerships of a collection of NFTs. Um, I think the same thing could go, you know, I think there's a, a would be a lot of value in doing the similar thing for, um, you know, fractionalized ownership over a, a collection of, of of metaverse real estate. Um so that's something we've looked at, but you know, once you actually own some land in some of these metaverses, like Sandbox, Decentraland, then you could actually start producing NFTs and content within that metaverse. So since we have such a large number of NFTs we want to produce over time, and these different spirit guides themselves, um, you know, those spirit guides, those different spirit forces, rather, they can exist in different realms. Um, and so, you know, as an example, we could you know, buy some property in Sandbox and then create an avatar project that's exclusive to the Sandbox as a way to help, you know, diversify the NFTs that we're creating um, while adding, you know, value back to the to the community. So we don't actually have a 100% answer yet. I don't want to give any wrong, you know, give 
give any bad advice or give any bad intel there. But um, we 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 plan to kind of solidify our plan our our plan for for season two in the in the coming weeks. We'll have some more information then. Now, uh, maybe it's a little bit of a technical question, but uh, would you be able to put portions of your collection into different metaverses? So, for example, would you be able to put uh, Gen Gem One into both Sandbox and the Central Land, or would it have to be strictly designated to one or the other? Um. So yeah, that would be. I think you're going to have to make sure you're following following in lines with um, one like I don't know. I think Decentraland and Sandbox have different kind of art direction, whereas Sandbox is more uh, voxel based. Um, I'm sure there is a creative way where we can design something that exists. I don't know. Um, that's a good question, and maybe somebody else out in the audience has an answer to that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to get Bitbeard up here. I think he left. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's. That was a sandbox project. Yeah, I, I was trying to get him up here, but I guess he felt like he uh, didn't want to come up. Yeah, Sleepy, go ahead. Um, I don't know if I'm the person to inform you, but uh, in sandbox, uh, I am also trying to create a game for sandbox. Uh, you have to make your pieces with, I mean, with a border and some, with some rules and you gotta only create voxels. So, uh, if you wanna use sandbox, you have some rules and maybe you can do, uh, in all different platforms. But yeah, for sandbox, <laughs> you gotta make some, uh, you know, Oh my god, I couldn't find the words. Sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, so. I think they all have slightly different art direction, so we would probably have to have a different spirit force or a different collection kind of released in each one of the metaverses. Okay. I was just curious how that works. I've, I've never incorporated an NFT project into the metaverse, so I wasn't sure. Um, how you would actually go about that if you could like cross into other metaverses and stuff like that. Um, like you could do cross chain and stuff like that. Just just a technical question. So um, let's go into the benefits that holders of your NFTs get. What are what are some of the benefits that you award your holders with? Uh, go ahead. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So one of the things, number one, we want to give you access to a wait list for future drops. You know, I think that's important. Um, we also give um, frequent like raffle, artist raffles and airdrops within our community. We actually did that over the holidays. We had two. We had one specifically for NFT holders where depending on how many spirit forces or NFTs they had, they got a handcrafted, unique um, spooky, which was really dope. Um, we have exclusive roles in Discord as well as exclusive channels just for NFT holders where we get to share. They have opportunities to vote on some of the decisions that we make as an organization. You know, when we say that we are, you know, community led, we really believe that we've been, we are very, very transparent um, with our community. And so there are a lot of times around our project roadmap or, you know, strategic decisions that we bring to the community. Uh, they have access to beta drops as well. 
Uh, and again, like I said, the early access voting to our community DAO that we hope we can be able to launch sometime later this year. Do you have like a, a separate uh, private Discord set up for your holders that they could access that the general public who doesn't hold um, one of your spookies is uh, has access to? So in Discord, it gives you the opportunity to have different channels in different rooms. So it's similar, Discord is similar to Slack. So you could have, you know, 20, 30 rooms designed around different themes. And you can have rooms that have special rights. And when I say rights, I mean access rights um, and permission rights. So we have a couple, one just for the team um, and the founders and the leadership team to have discussions that are just private rooms. But then we just have um, one or two specifically for NFT uh, collectors, our NFT collectors specifically. Um, and they can use, I forget what the name of the um, collab, collabo, they, you verify through that and that tells them that you know they have one of our NFTs and it automatically gives them rights to that channel in that room. Okay, cool. Um, when when I look at your your royalty breakdown that you guys have on your website, it's a six percent royalties that you're going to have here, and it's broken into three separate parts. Um, the the one that I'm curious about is where it says the artist pool. What exactly is the artist pool, and what is the one percent that's going to it? Um, so yeah, a, yeah, go ahead, Rich. I'll let <clears throat> you take this. Um, so yeah, that back to our Genesis artists. Um, you know, again, we want to be a collaborative project. We aim to be a collaborative project and onboard other artists. So written into the smart contract, we have that portion of all secondary sales goes directly back to that artist forever. Um, we have two different artists for this series, a guy named Will Shanklin and Gave Crane, both just phenomenally talented artists. Um, uh, so yeah, 1% forever will go to, to our artists. Okay. Hey, Bitbeard, you're trying to get up here before. Do you have a question for Spooky Fresh Crew? Hey, yeah, no, I was just uh, curious on what, uh, if they had, like, do you have, like, a criteria for Metaverse projects that you'd like to partner with? Or, sorry, I, I don't mean to be ignorant, and I just kind of hopped in here now, so maybe I'm a little behind. I, I, uh, I, I just kind of caught the part where you were mentioning um, wanting to be a part of Sandbox and uh, and and branch out to other metaverses. So um, I'd love to have a chat with you maybe after this um, because my team and I, uh, we've actually, we're launching our own metaverse and uh, I think we're the first one to have person-to-person uh, -person transactions in a 3D world. So that means uh, people that have your NFTs will be able to like meet one another in our metaverse and like trade them in, in some sort of manner that's more personable. So maybe we should sit down and have a chat after if you're down. Yeah, that sounds awesome. We're totally down to, to have a conversation. You know, we aim to be collaborative and work with other people that are helping build the entire ecosystem, not just, you know, not just work with Goliaths, like, you know, Sandbox. No, and and <laughs> yeah. And that's what, I, that's kind of what we want to do too. Like there's so many amazing small NFT projects that, Either they just didn't quite, you know, maybe they made one little mistake and something and then everything went to shit for them. Or, you know, there's just there's, there's a lot of little projects that were so good that just didn't quite make it. And, you know, we, we want to 
partner with people like that and just uh, have one big area where everyone can communicate and really get to know each other. So that's kind of what our our uh, the AR zone is going to be. So would love to talk with you guys about a partnership. Yeah, definitely send us uh, both an invite and let's set up a meeting and have a chat. Okay. All about we're making we're making collaborations as we speak. Yeah, thanks, Papier, for coming up. I really hope that your uh, your platform you're saying in in metaverse transactions. I hope it has something to do with the fucking phone boop, man. Because we were talking about these phone boops before, and uh, I'm all about the phone boop. Oh, I missed that part. I'll have to listen. To this. Oh, is this being recorded? Oh, it is perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, go, going back to the project um, now, royalties from the project they're going to be donated to uh, social impact causes. Are there any specific ones that you guys have in mind? I know it says that the DAO is going to be able to uh, pick, but is there like a list that the DAO picks from? Does the DAO come up and, and suggest one and then people second it and they have kind of a voting system to make that like a nominated um, project that they might want to donate money to? How are you guys going about figuring which specific um, social impact causes that you're going towards? Um, well, to start, you know, we just kind of have to set a precedent. Um, and so to start, we are, we have a collection of different uh, nonprofits that, that we've all been affiliated with in the past. Um, I think to begin with, it's kind of working toward, you know, one, restorative justice, and then two, supporting different arts. Uh, specifically, you know, how can we how can we contribute to nonprofit organizations that also uh, could potentially help build Web3 space? Um, and we have a local partner, which is the Maryland Art Place, uh, which we're looking at a, developing a project with them uh, over the next in the next quarter. Um, and you know, it's also like who who wants to work with us? Like, how, who could we collaborate with that has an interest in being being in you know blockchain in the NFT space that that has you know the, uh, an NF, uh, a nonprofit. Um, you know, we've had various different people talk, come uh, reach out to us, um, some like marijuana reforms and uh, all, all kinds of different projects. But we haven't um, uh, solidified exactly which ones yet. Um, we're just waiting for that investment pool to reach a, a place where we'll have um, enough resource to make, you know, a substantial kind of make a, a substantial contribution. So, um, but once that does happen, um, you know, we have um, various different DAO tools that people can kind of go on. And if they have an NFT, they can just vote on the proposal and the winning proposal will will execute. Now, is is the DAO kind of weighted by the amount of NFTs that the person has? So uh, similar to like how governance tokens work. So if somebody owns three spookies, would they get three votes as opposed to somebody that owns one spooky? Is it weighted like that, or is it just, you know, if you own it, you have a vote, and that's it? Uh, yeah, it will be weighted depending on how many NFTs you own. So overall, it's kind of each NFT kind of represents like a, a fractional ownership in the decision making. So if you have, you know, if you invested and you have 10 NFTs, then you know, inevitably your vote should count for as amount as you are invested into to the community. Okay, I, I agree. Um, you know, I had brought up into a, a space the other day. I'm not sure if Spooky was in there. I think you were 
where um, I was saying that um, when people are, are doing these uh, charity or, or doing some sort of donation, it's, it's very important to show proof of that donation, whether it be in your Discord or on your website or something like that, because I think a lot of people, um, they kind of get a, a bad taste in their mouth. I mean, more so, I would say, in the crypto community as opposed to the NFT community, because so many tokens were set up as like charity tokens, and they just ended up being like the fucking rug pull of the century. Like, there, there's been ones like for um, COVID relief, and they were rugged. There were ones for like the Shriners Children's Hospital, and they were rugged. There were ones for... Um, one that's near there to me for um, alcohol and, and uh, drug rehab and rugged. And I think it kind of made a lot of people feel like, like it's almost like a scam when they hear charity. So I don't, I don't know how that is really affecting the NFT community, but for myself personally, because I've been through that and I've been rugged with things like this, uh, if I was a holder, I would like to see that it physically went there. So are, are you guys planning on, showing like uh, proof of the donation through your Discord or through your website. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I, I could take this one, Rich. I, I think absolutely. And, you know, I think you bring up a very valid point, um, not only just in terms of like the community DAO, but project owners delivering on what they say that they're going to give to their holders. I think it's absolutely important. And again, for us, you know, we definitely took the road of we're going to take our time to not build fast, but to build right. And so one of the things when we're thinking about our, our, our DAO, our community DAO, we also want to have someone within our uh, NFT community to be able to kind of lead that. So as we said, the, each one of these are kind of aligned to one of the UN sustainable goals. And so we want to have a chief of freshness, right? Because we know that one nonprofit and community work is local. And so we want somebody that specializes in human rights. We want to focus on someone that focuses on the arts community, that understands what the organizations are uh, that are out there that are doing the real work, right? Because there's also due diligence around making sure that we're selecting the right organizations to receive these funds. But yes, we are would be 100% transparent. It would not even be us being the ones only selecting the organizations. I think just to get started, we would say, hey, here's... Here's some organizations that we have in mind. They have others that they think are better. You know, we're definitely open to the community deciding. And if you come into our Discord, like we have polls. All there's only one room, really. That's you know for the NFT culture, uh, the NFT collectors. But the majority of our rooms are open, and for folks to see some of the conversations that we're having around our project. And so, yeah, I think that's very, very, very important. But the bigger conversation around um, trustworthy um, organizations organizations and project owners is important. And another reason why we are fully doxxed um, and you can find us on our LinkedIn, you know who we are. I think that's important as well. And we wanted to make sure that not only our project aligned with that, the way that we operate, operate aligns with that as well. Yeah, I just think it's really important that you make sure that people know what you're doing as far as that goes. Um, people do get very salty, and it could it could completely ruin a project if you don't have proof of something. Even if you go and you do it, you know, if you're completely honest and straightforward and you do it, but then you forget to send a snapshot. I mean, it could screw you up. Um, now, uh, where was I here? Can can you explain to me because I, I don't really understand this. I'm not like a super technical like dev or anything like that. What what do you mean on your website when you talk about async layers? 
so that that's kind of a, a part of the future roadmap uh, as far as the individual layers. But there is a whole um, marketplace called Async Async Art, um, and for me, it's a really really compelling. It's not as widely used as I like to see, but essentially what what they've done is they allow individual layers themselves to be able to react to both on and off-chain data. So, for example, you can have a spooky uh, whose background changes uh, based off of the time of day. So if it's sunny out, you know, the background of your spooky, there's, it's sunny. Um, you know, if it's raining, you can have layers that are, that, that are only active or certain traits that are only active when, you know, specific, um, you know, parameters have been set. That could be the cost of the, the price of a Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin is, you know, 20% up, your spooky is puking coins. Um, or, you know, if, if like we are seeing now, like the markets tank, you know, then maybe your, your, your spooky is super sad. Um, so that's what we mean by asynchronous layers. Um, you know, they're layers that are reacting to, um, you know, both on and off chain data. That's pretty cool. I, I don't know of any other project that's doing that. I, I like that. But it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys remember Tamagotchis. I, yeah, I exactly. guys, but it kind of reminds me of like Tamagotchis or Gigapets. You know, mm -hmm. how they kind of react to the mood of how they're being treated or, but you're linking it to the market conditions or whatever the case might be. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be themed to the different spirit forces as they each have a different theme already. So, but yeah, that that's not something we're currently working on. That is something that we plan to work on in a future drop. Um, but something we're really, really excited about a, a key milestone to to be able to get to. Yeah, it's the it's the first time I've seen it. That's why I was kind of curious how it worked because I saw something <laughs> it, where I was reading. It's like it could be tied to the price of Bitcoin. I'm like I I got to ask what this is all about because I was like just I felt kind of dopey at the time when I was reading. It. I didn't understand it, and I I always admit when I don't know something. So that's that's really cool. I I really like that. Um, what's what's the price that you guys are selling your spookies for? So right now our secondary sales are at, or our sales are we. I said secondary. Our primary sales are actually happening on OpenSea. Um, our price is 0 0.05, but we actually have two that are 0 0.045. Um, and uh, we're really excited. I was actually going to do some alpha and give some do some rarity sniping towards the end and, and kind of shout out for folks that are looking to jump in with us um, and kind of show them a couple a couple of uh, spookies that are actually super rare that they could potentially grab. But uh, I'll, I'll hold off towards the end, or maybe I'll drop it in our Discord for folks that are really interested. Yeah, which, whichever you'd like to do. I mean, I am I actually have a pretty open night tonight, so this could go a little bit longer if you guys want. It's, it's fine if you want to run it a little bit longer and do that. I'm cool with that. Um, not really on a tight schedule tonight, which is great. Um, so what made you guys decide to go to Polygon route? So for us, well, uh, I can go first, or and then you can jump in um, and talk about some of the bigger features, Rich. So a couple of things that we, we thought about for when we were looking at Polygon. First of all, we looked at Flow. We did an analysis on ETH and Bitcoin and all of the different platforms. And hands down, we were like, one, we want to be environmentally friendly to the community, to the environment. 
Two, we wanted to not think about gas fees that were absorbent or the equal cost to one of our spookies to our customers. We thought that that was ridiculous. And then three, um, one of our future utilities, which was really important for us, was the composability feature. And so Polygon was you know, an easy selection for us uh, when we looked at what are the requirements and the, the, the ability and functionality that our NFT would potentially have. What we didn't know and the bonus that we got from actually um, coming to Polygon was that we got a family. We got a, like a really warm community. Um, and so kind of really excited to be in this community. But that was one of it. And at last one that it wasn't oversaturated, you know, with like, no no shade to anyone that's on ETH, but like the ETH Maxis and that goal. We felt like this community was about the art, was about building and, and some longevity. And so that was important for us. Did you have anything, Rich? Oh, she, she got it all. I mean, really came down to, you know, environmental concerns. We didn't want to contribute to, you know, any additional problems and carbon emissions and given that we're building this composable app you know as far as like user experience we didn't want people to have to pay 20 30 50 whatever ethereum gas fees are you know just to kind of swap out a layer on their nft so um, we chose polygon for that it was close to ethereum it gave us all the functionality that we needed to you know it's a ethereum layer too so um you know, and it was a place. It's like, hey, we can we can get in here and we can rock it, and we can be you know a top project on Polygon. You know, so we'd rather be you know a, a small fish in a big pond or you know a shark. And so we we chose to to aim to be a shark. You know, I was breaking it down to our community earlier today in our Telegram about the largest Polygon project versus Ethereum, and. For one project to just step up, I mean, the the highest grossing project is Crypto Unicorns, and it's 2,500 wrapped ETH they sold in total, which if they were wrapped into Ethereum, they would be like 50th on the list or something like that. So it just goes to show you like the growth potential we have in the Polygon community. It's exponential. You know, we don't really necessarily have one of these huge blue chip projects. And I think in a short period of time, my guess, my guess in the next six months, we're going to have some huge, huge names on the Polygon network. And um, Polygon's not something to sleep on. Yeah. yeah I mean, I so, sorry. Um, there's already some really big names like Dead Mouse did a drop on Polygon. A bunch of a bunch of people are. And it's the same reason they they. They want the utility without, you know, the high gas fees. So I think especially once like even with Ethereum 2.0 coming out, you know, from from my research, it looks like that's really just going to help layer two uh, protocols like Ethereum. I'm sorry, like like Polygon. And now we have a, a burning mechanic in the Polygon uh, ecosystem. So as those price the Ethereum, I'm sorry, the Polygon price keeps driving up it's going to keep bringing more and more and more people so so i totally agree yeah and i just want to add on you know there are a lot of big brands that are coming on and they're seeing the the utility and the functionality um that polygon offers you know even with steph curry under armor like there's just so many big brands and i think dave could even speak to this not to go 
too far down the rabbit hole. But in terms of the the actual value of money that is coming in, in terms of average sales, it has been growing exponentially. And I, I want to make sure I have those numbers under my belt because I remember, you know, thinking like, you know, we're we're still growing, and no, we're like we're competing and we're thriving. Dave fell asleep. No, I'm here, but I really want to hear about Spooky. I mean, June.xyz, guys, pop it in Google, go and have a look. Um, Polygon's been growing at about 70 or between sort of 60% and 90% a month for the last six months, seven months since it was dropped in June um, to the point where in December it traded at like $78 million in Polygon NFTs for the whole month. Um, the gross insane, but June.xyz, search it on Google. So, um, you know, I I don't really consider myself a leader. I just feel like I, I step up and I try to, uh, you know, give people a hand in here. But um, as I guess you'd say, community leaders that we have up here, what, what can we do as uh, leaders in this community in order to bring more awareness to Polygon and what are we kind of lacking in what we're doing where we could maybe uh, do a little bit better in order to get more attention to our platforms? So one, and I'll let Rich talk about one, maybe if, I don't know if we're going to share this, but we're working on a secret project. But one is the, one of the things that, you know, that I, I'm committed and, and our team is committed to doing, you know, once a week, you know, really educating and uh, the community. Originally, we started with just thinking about educating collectors and, you know, how to onboard onto our projects, how to buy, how to convert, you know, Polygon. And and reality is it's it's this larger ecosystem. And so we've been talking about, you know, thinking about how do we help the artist? How do we think about the technical pieces of this? The more people that we get into the space um, and being able to share our knowledge and our expertise, the better we are all for it. And, you know, while I'm great at marketing, there are a lot of things that I am not good at yet. Right. In terms of like tokenomics and maybe some of the more technical pieces. Um, and so if that's going to be something that inhibits someone from launching a project, how can we share that gift? And I think one of the things that I think we've started, well, we are part of is Polygon Alliances, which is a community um, where, and I think I'll let Dave speak, but Polygon Alliances is coming together and it just started for just owners, just to be able to ask questions and lean on each other and say, you know what, I don't want to have a, my own Discord. I, I want to leverage this Discord, you know, this Discord room. I'm not, sorry, my dog is like having a whole thing. But, you know, um, so I think just to recap, you know, educating the community on your expertise. If someone has a question, answer the question, help them the best way you can, point them in the right direction. And then I think what we're doing with Polygon Alliance, um, coming together as project owners and helping each other uh, answer questions when needed. Yep. Education is the number one goal. At least it is for me. And it's not just educating people. It's educating myself. Because like you said, I don't know everything. There's a lot. I I know a lot less than what I know for sure. But it's I, I definitely have uh, open ears. I, I'm I try to be as active of a listener as possible and try to participate and you know just try to be like a sponge every day and just 
even if I grab like one little tidbit of information that I could use, like you know, knowledge is power, especially when it comes to this stuff because it's so new. It's uh, you know, there, everybody's a teacher here too. Nobody is really like that much further ahead of anybody else. So it's it's really cool that we all kind of can pick and choose from each other and, and learn stuff. Um, can I add one more thing? Um, sure. The, the other piece that I'll add, and this is something that you know, Rich has led, um, is. You know, even doing collaborations and partnerships, I think that's important. Um, I witnessed last weekend, not the week, this weekend that passed, but the weekend before, you know, um, everyone went on, there was HAM's project or YAM's project that the whole community got on board and helped them sell out in a day. I mean, there was some lead up pre-work to it, but that cross-marketing and where like, hey, our communities are on Polygon already. They know, but leveraging your network to help another project. I thought that was just such an amazing act of what community really means and really putting community as a noun, uh, an active, uh, active verb, I should say, was amazing just to see the community come together and just cross market and sell this project out literally within four to six hours. It was just crazy. And, I, and that's ways that I think we can help the community grow. Yeah, the hype that we build for each other is crazy. Like, if somebody says a project's dropping, like, everybody's, like, it, it's, it reminds me of when I was a kid and, like, the the newest CD was dropping at the music store and, like, everybody at school was talking about it and you had to get to Sam Goody before, like, the other people. And, uh, like, that happened with Soma the other day when, when uh, they just dropped their, their last collection. Like, people are talking about it as it's dropping on Spaces. Like, Soma just dropped and, like, everybody's, like, scurrying over there to try to buy her pieces. So it's it's awesome. Um, we're we're hitting towards the top of the hour, so I'm going to hit you with a couple more questions, and then if you want to start doing your sniping, uh, we could do that, and then I guess we'll wrap up. Or if anybody has any questions and wants to come up, we're talking to Spooky Fresh. Uh, make sure you follow Spooky here on Twitter. Join the Discord. Uh, check out the link tree. The website's linked on there. You go on the website because you have a ton of information. Like I said, probably the best laid out website. I've I've seen so far in the NFT world. So give a shout out to Luke for me. Tell him that Dave said that he does really awesome work. Um, now your your project is like a lot of spiritual based. Do you guys meditate? <laughs> um, not as much as I'd like. I do. Um, I have crazy anxiety from my time in the military, so I, I definitely do. Our artists, however, both Will and Gave, especially Gave is bit of a guru when it comes to meditation so he does all sorts of like Meyerhoff or man like all kinds of like cool breathing techniques and I think he meditates probably about an hour a good day the guy that he's the artist that did the, the light spirit so I guess we're just a little bit you know just we're just conscious that you know the world isn't necessarily going in a place that it should and we all need to do something part of that is we just need to have a conversation and support projects that are, you know, allowing others to, you know, empowering others to, you know, have those positive conversations. Yeah. Uh, meditation is definitely a powerful tool. I, I try to do it at least 15 minutes a day and it gets all the junk out of my head, you know, whether it's having to pay bills or getting into a fight with my significant other or whatever the case might be, it definitely clears your mind. It's a, it's a good form of stress relief. Um, what, what are, your short-term goals so we'll say by the end of this quarter um your midterm goals 
and then your long-term goals, say, like a year from now? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, we were just at a meeting on this today, Forrest, so you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> Goal number one, align on our goals for the rest of the year. Um, I think we want to look at our long-term goals, to be honest. And, you know, we're thinking about working, think about what season two looks like. And then I think we're going to work backwards from there. Um, immediately for Q1, we've tested out, like we've, we've made a, a huge shift. Um, we wanted originally to start off to do organic marketing and then we were, you know, time box with time. And so we shift to paid marketing and we're back to like organic marketing. Like we know that this is the way. And so part of doing that is being more in the community. So we're going to continue doing these, uh, strategic conversations. Um, we're going to be giving free giveaways to our collectors. We, uh, as, uh, Rich shared, uh, Gave is one of, is an amazing artist and he's in our artist corner. You can come see some of his work there and he creates work and drops it all the time. And so we're going to start doing some of those free giveaways and we're hoping that we can do one maybe on a weekly basis, at least to our collectors. Um, I, I'm hesitant to say that one of our goals is to sell out because it really isn't. Um, we are here for the long term. We know that the project is valuable, but we want to start thinking about what this season two look like and really thinking about what are the techniques technical pieces of that puzzle we need to fill in. Um, we want to rebuild our web app and things of that nature. So more organic marketing, rewarding our customers and thinking about season two. That's what we're focused on for the quarter. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it briefly. Uh, the, the little bit, oh, I guess it's a big bit, the fiasco that went on with OpenSea uh, this past week, would have that affected your project? And if so, um, what was your contingency plan if you guys were going to end up getting pulled off OpenSea? So we actually have a uh, web app and we, we took it down because it was a little clunky. Is that that it didn't work, but it was very a little clunky for especially some of our friends and family. Um, so we would have probably just gone on there. But I don't think this what happened on OpenSea didn't necessarily affect us uh, for two reasons. One, we have our own contract, and I think Rich and I talked about this a little earlier today. But two, I think the, the community that's most impacted by this are artists, and specifically one-on-one -on -one artists who have multiple collections. You know, we only had one collection, um, and it's only 369. So I think we would have been fine in this particular case. But from a long-term perspective, I think it is important to own um, – your community, like you don't want to, this is, you know, the idea of OpenSea being the only place to sell your art is not decentralization. Like that is the antithesis of what the, uh, you know, this community represents. And so we would, and we do believe and have our own website and our own web app from a long-term perspective, but we really wanted to focus on building our community. And that's why we shifted and uh, putting our collection on OpenSea, but Rich, feel free to add anything that I might have missed. Yeah, so um, admittedly, I was getting married in in Jamaica. I think whenever whenever this happened, so I'm not 100 percent sure on what you guys are talking about. I, I miss things move so fast. What what happened? You guys I, yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Okay. So there was <laughs> there was this big issue where OpenSea decided that. Um, collections that had a certain number. You could only have five collections, and I think you could either only have 
a hundred or a certain number within that collection. 50. And so 50, yes, 50 NFTs with, yeah. So we would have, could have technically been affected. And then I think the second piece of that is that there was conversation around if you didn't, if you don't have your own contract, that OpenSea actually owns your artwork. So that was the two that I was aware of. I'd uh, love to hear oh. if there were any other concerns. Yeah, it was a big deal. Sounds like that might be trying to cut down on spam. But I, that's just a... Apparently, uh, that's what their, uh, I guess, reasoning was to try to cut down. Dave, go ahead, Dave. Fire away. Yeah, that that's what their statement said was, was spam. Um, I think essentially, you know, we've all seen the copied collections. Um, to the point a report was run where 70% of art uploaded a week in January was a copy of someone else's art. So yeah, I just think it was OpenSea doing an OpenSea, which is deciding something very last minute and then implementing a process without actually engaging with anyone that uses their platform to understand what the end implications are. It's not the last time we'll see decision-making like this from OpenSea that impacts us because they're not building a big enough support team in the background to support their platform. Um, they need to get on it and get on it soon. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I think what the biggest issue was, Rich, was the fact that there was no heads up to the people. It was just everybody woke up, 5 a.m., boom, this is what's happening, guys, and that's it. You know, there was nothing like saying, as of March 1st, uh, our platform is deciding to go this route, where it gave people kind of like a little bit of an option, like, all right, I could either stay here and do it this way, or I could go elsewhere and figure it out. It, there, was, there, was no, there was no vote, nothing. It was just, we're open sea, this is what we're doing, and that's that. So... Not not very cool. Not not the way that you would really want to. Yeah, definitely this not. Uh, yeah, we had we actually had some some fraudulent people try to copy some of our mm -hmm. NFTs but, um, a few weeks ago. But fortunately, we were able to get them taken off pretty quickly. So, is there anything that um, I might have missed that I didn't ask you guys that you would like to share with the rest of the people here about your project? I think we covered it all. I definitely want to take a moment to shout out all of our awesome Discord mods, including one here that's Reap. We got a lot of, you know, an awesome, passionate team that's been super dedicated and helping onboard all of our new customers, all the new, you know, collectors into the space. And so, you know, none of this would be possible without, you know, all of their work. And so definitely thanks to all of them. Thanks to Floracy for her constant commitment and coming up here and sharing our story and our vision with everybody so and all of you guys thanks for for showing up and listening so yeah i, I appreciate you guys taking the time out and, and talking to the community uh Florcy, i don't know if you want to do a little bit of sniping before we close up it's completely up to you um all right everyone grab your pens um i just want to say you know i'm really grateful for this community embracing us you know as we are learning it's really hard to build as you climb um but it is um a fun ride for sure so um a little alpha all right if you guys got your pen i was only able to do two of the series so if you look at the names um it's the architect of it is jen 
um, in Genesis 1. And then it is our spirit force, which is either gravity, which is G, or time, or light. And then there's a number. And so I'm just going to give you the letter and the number and the G1. Um, I think one thing you did not speak about before I can go into that is our Komoji. I know Rich loves talking about our Komoji. Can you, can you, can we talk about that real quick? And then I'll give you the number. Oh God. Yeah. How could we have forgotten? I was going to, I didn't, I didn't forget. I got you, bro. Thank you. Uh (laughs) I I had it on my list of questions and I, I can't believe I didn't ask it, but it was on here and I, so yeah, that is something that is incredibly unique to our project. We are certainly the first NFT project to do this, and hopefully, it's not copied. But it was super, it's super challenging to do. But um, every NFT that we create, each individual trait is represented in the name of the NFT that is represented through the form of a Komoji. And if you look at, um, you know, Spooky Fresh, our tag. Our, our title, there's a Komoji there. It's like a little Japanese emoticon. Um, so every single arm, every eye, every mouth, every single trait in the genome um, has its own um, has its own character. And so when these when they are produced generatively, um, are they, it generates the that Komoji in its name. So um, so you can share that. It gives life. You know, kind of gives. So like a way to like bring life to the NFT to where like these things exist in multiple forms and multiple formats through, you know, ASCII symbols and, and like the, in the NFT form. So, um, so each one of them is unique and it's just a, it's just a little added detail we added to kind of make the project even a little more exciting. How long did it take you to make these for every single NFT? I, I, I tell you, I spent, months designing this like i spent way too much time i can't say how many meetings were where i was just sharing with the team like oh my god check out this cool little this new emoji feature i found floors is like all right richard we gotta focus on some other product roadmap stuff but um i i mean months like several months um but i think it was well worth it and it's what one of my most exciting features of, of the nft for me it is really cool. Like I, I think it, it's it's almost kind of like a secondary NFT the way these commodities are laid out. Um, but yeah, that 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 must have taken just as long as the art to figure out how to coincide yeah. with the, of the uh, definitely did. Yeah, I I, w- I remember telling him like, uh, Rich, I think we need to move on here. But um, he spent a lot of time, and for sure, it's one of the the things that our collectors love. So if you come into our Discord, all of our names have our our name. And it has our Komoji. So we're, the whole goal is to be able to use our Komoji as a name because it's all unique and hand done. And also, I think Rich like mapped one to Board It Yacht Club and maybe a couple other projects as well. So like we are looking forward to kind of expanding what this looks like and feels like. Honestly, it's it's dope. Now, is that going to be just for your uh, Genesis collection? Or are you going to do these throughout the entire entire collection? Yeah, the the entire collection, like every NFT, will create a, will have in its name a Komoji. You like punishment? <laughs> well, it's already done now, so now the rest of it's just, you know, building community and you know, the, fortunately, I've I've planned ahead, so we've got probably the next, we've got like six Spirit Forces Komojis designed, so we're good to go. <laughs> 
That's all. Awesome. Are you guys? Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. go ahead, snipe us away, spooky. All right, I was trying to like buy some time, but I got distracted. All right, so we have Genesis one, um, G forty four. We have uh, G twenty eight. I wrote them down and I wasn't able to keep all the screens open, but the features are either the diamond shoes or um, diamond hands or the diamond skin. There's like one out there that's the diamond skin, which is, I think, G28, uh, G99. Gravity is like one of my favorites. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, although I do love light because I do actually do yoga, practice yoga and I do a lot of hiking. For time, I got T9. I got T98. And we've got T18. And then I have one for light. L49. And we are three collectors away from hitting 100. And once we hit 100, we're planning on doing something special. Um, so I'm coming and working um, on that. We want to, once we get 100, we're going to do a random raffle for our NFT collectors and do something really special for them. Um, that is going to just be such an amazing milestone for us. And we're really excited um, about that. Right now, our floor is. 0 0.045, there's only two, and then the rest, is, the majority of our NFTs are 0 0.05. We have exactly 133 or 136 of them that are available um, on our Fresh DAO. Uh, please use our official links, come into our Discord, you can um, find it there, or you can go to our website. I will ask you not to Google it in OpenSea because these folks are very clever, so please come to our website to get the links. If you want to meet us in our community, that's just come to Discord. We'll help you. We'll walk you through the process. Um, this has just been an exciting journey for us. And uh, we'll love, 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 love to have you guys be a part of our family. Well, Rich and Florcy, thank you guys for coming here and, and talking to the group here and uh, letting us know about your project. Um, it was a lot for me to really kind of take in and, and try to figure out stuff between the Kimojis and the different types spirit forces and uh there's just a lot going on with your project and i think it's unique and i really like it and uh you know it, like i said a very good first impression from luke when i went on there i was super impressed almost immediately when i went to your website and i saw like how professional and everything everything looked so uh kudos to him uh thank you so much for coming here talking to the community thank you dave for coming up and co-hosting because spooky got me a little bit nervous thinking that i was going to get rugged and the whole space was going to crash so spooky spooky pirate thank you for uh you know humbling me a little bit and making me realize that i'm not superman um so yeah i just want to thank everybody also in the crowd for coming out and listening to these amas um i, I really do appreciate the people that come out here all the time and listen to these uh spooky fresh check out the twitter Go on their Discord. Check out the OpenSea. You just got some uh, alpha here. There's some really good ones that you guys could snipe on there. Floor price is super affordable. Um, support a local Polygon artist. And uh, once again, guys, thank you so much. Please don't be a stranger. Come out to the spaces. Um, I think I'm going to be on with it. Are, are you going to be with us on Saturday with me and Dave? I think I'm doing a tokenomics thing with you guys. I think we're Sunday. doing it on Sunday. Sunday now? Yeah, bro. Sunday. Sunday's a fun day. Did I cock the day up? I swear I said the sixth. Did I cock the day up? You told me the fifth. I'm going to check. 
Jealous Sunday. Uh, we need you to come Sunday. That's my day. I love the educational series on Sunday. And that's when we actually do only educational series. But if we need to work around the, the Sunday and pick another day, then we can, of course. No, either, either day I'm fine. Just let me know which day it is. 100% Sunday. If I said the 5th, I'm really, really sorry. Oh, that's all right. It gives me an extra day to prepare, so I'm okay with that. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for coming out. Please uh, please follow Spooky Fresh on Twitter. Hop in their Discord. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being a part of the family, guys. I love everybody here. And uh, shout-outs to all you guys. And tomorrow I'm taking the day off for once. I will not be uh, I will not be here tomorrow doing a Twitter space. I'll probably be in Twitter spaces talking with people. But Thursday, we have the infamous Dave and the Crypto Goon Squad coming on with us. And I'm really looking forward to talking to these guys. It will be my 100th AMA that I'm doing. A very special guest for number 100. So looking forward to that. I will see you guys later. Have a fantastic night.